fucking uninspired. Sounds real fucking uninspired. Sounds real fucking uninspired. Sounds real fucking uninspired. Sounds real fucking uninspired. This is the views from the uninspired podcast. Yo, yo. Yo, what's up with y'all, man? This is the Views from the Uninspired Podcast. I'm your host, T, a.k.a. Messiah. I got a couple people with me, you know what I mean? My, my co-host, I got Shooty with me. Got Magema with me. Got Mayot with me. Got Mana here. And today we have a special guest on our podcast. Her name is Guye. Uh, would you like to say what's up to the people? Hello, everybody. Welcome, Guye. Welcome, welcome, welcome. For sure, for sure. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, how's everybody? Everybody, how's everybody doing? Damn. Shit. All right. I'm gonna today, man. Yo, I'm what? enjoying my Sunday, bro. That's all I can say. Man, I've been sleeping all day. Me too, man. We got my first time. I done got some sleep in a while. You need, you need sleep in your life. Sleep is good, man. Yeah, when you can sleep. I just been chilling, man. That's, I just been chilling. That's usually what I do on Sunday. I don't do, man. I just be, it's like my laundry day. I'm going to do my little laundry. Yo, truth be told, Sundays are my favorite days, bro. It was Sunday today? <laughs> I feel like it's a little bittersweet because like yeah it is a nice day it's your day to rest but you know you gotta get back to work the next day so right. I like the beginning of Sunday but the end I'm like oh great now we're back to day one again right hey. hey. true right. though it's crazy around 8, 9 you like man it's time to go for Monday <laughs> right well, that's if you hate your job. People who don't hate their jobs, and I guess it's not that bad. That's true. Man, man work is work. Doesn't hate yeah. job. Yeah, work is work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you ain't gonna like the dog. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> hey, some some people enjoy going to work, man. True. It's just not us. Like if I was looping, if I was professional looping, and then yeah, I'd be like, all right, this this one is cool. I only enjoy work if I had my own business. Same, same. Right. Having your own business is fun, dog. Other than that, fuck work, nigga. But fuck it. <laughs> you know what? Having your own uh, business, I think more work than other, right? Is what? I, I, but I, exactly. I would rather enjoy it. It's a lot more. It's, I that. mean, yeah. It's a lot more work than what people think when you own Oh, yeah, of course. But it's worth it, though. I'd rather do that than, you know, work for somebody else. Right, right. Man, just the day-to-day operations of running a business is crazy, man. Yeah, capitalism, man. That that shit is a funner thing. Like you take the masses, have them work for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you're right. <laughs> oh, that's the world. But yeah, man. Let's uh, get into the topic, man. Hi, y'all. What, what topic y'all want to start off with? We got another uh, one. We got- yeah, we have a special guest, man. Guya is very, she's, she's very special within the community. And um, she has a lot of insight to share herself. You know, so um, Guya, whenever you can, you can just take the board. Well, actually, remember I used to call you Camelman? Uh, Camelman, you know what I mean? You said what? Say that one time. I used to call you the Camelman lady. 
the TV lady. The TV lady, that's what it was. Yeah, the TV lady. Yeah. You used to uh, do some kind of like TV thing, right? Yeah, I used to um, do interviews on my YouTube channel. I loved it. Like, that was my passion. Um, <laughs> I haven't gotten to do it for a long time now, but I'm hoping next year I'll come, go back to it because I think it's awesome, you know, to interview people and just get their um, their insight in life. And I think through those um, those videos, you help encourage others also, you know, so they can see themselves. Yeah, why you talk? life <laughs> life where i lived just like there's a lot to it when you're interviewing you know there are times where i wanted to travel and do it but you, i just i didn't know what my goal was as far as you know what direction i wanted to go so that's been kind yeah. of why it Not stopped really. a little bit yeah yeah you should definitely bring it back it's it's a this is a kind of like a podcast too in a way if you think about it you could just yeah you know Doing the audio mm-hmm. podcast, right? And I and I think I'm gonna do that. I, I have a lot of like my girl chats that I've done on YouTube, and I was thinking about putting them both on YouTube and on a podcast. You know, yeah. just so people can stream them, whether they're driving or if they're gonna sit down in front of the TV and watch it. So yeah, right, right. But anyway, no, no, man. Guya, is the content still up on YouTube? It is, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You, could, you should plug it real quick so people can go check it out. Yeah. Guys, check out my YouTube channel. I haven't very, been very active, but it's go on YouTube, type in GUIE BTV. That's G U Y E space B space B T space TV. Um, yeah, I do a lot of girl chats, a lot of makeup videos, and just kind of the randomness I call life. So, yeah. Yeah, but anyways, man, at the end of the last episode, I believe uh, I teased a, a topic that I wanted to speak on. Uh, I just feel like there's a lot of things in, in our community that we don't really talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of them is uh, sexual assault or sexual abuse, you know, with right. our, uh, females and, you know, maybe some male as well. And it, it's just a topic we don't really discuss in the, in the, in the community. And we all know uh, it, it goes down, it happens, but it's... For some reason we're kind of behind on it, you know, just sharing the information uh, with each other. You know, um, we all know like a little bit of your story, like what you went through. I mean, I don't really know too much about it, but you know, I heard a little bit. And mm-hmm. you know, when I was, we were thinking about who we should bring on for this topic, and man, I was like, you know, I got somebody in mind. You know, he named you. You know, and, you know right away I was like, perfect, perfect person to bring on. You know, to talk about the topic. Uh, we just kind of like want to hear you. Uh, know your story and what you went through to share with the people yeah for sure well i'm glad it's a topic that's honestly being talked about first and foremost because yeah it's been something that's kind of um like you said not really discussed but people are feeling pain and people are hurting and people aren't healing because they don't have that they don't believe they believe they're alone and you know there's nobody to talk to and no one's gonna understand all these things so Definitely yeah. a good um, topic to finally get out there. Um, and it is something that I'm definitely passionate about because as you guys saw, you know, last, I think a week or two ago, Twitter, Sudanese Twitter specifically, um, a lot of women shared their stories. And that was insane yeah. to me because I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, it's still happening. So hopefully this will help others and hopefully, you know, 
we'll be able to find a way to get through it. But yeah, I honestly am not prepared to tell the story, but I truly believe that through my story, I've helped so many women already. Um, The time that I did speak out, so I I don't mind sharing it again as long as I can help somebody. Um, You know, because I've seen a lot of negativity that's come from somebody being sexually assaulted and not being able to have somewhere to go or somebody to talk to. Um, uh, let's see. So I was, a, I was 18, I believe. Yeah. 18 and I was turning 19. So it's crazy. Cause this day I never forget. It was July 27th. And that day every year comes around. I always feel super eerie. And I'm like, what is it about this day? That's just, like you know eerie and then i'm like oh okay um so i was living in omaha at that time i was living at my aunt's house and me and one of the girls i was friends with at the time we went out to a party with a lot of our so-called guy friends some of her cousin guy cousins um and so it's like any other day we're we're with guys that were like family you know like something that i would just never I thought, oh my gosh, I need to look out for. So I trusted them. Obviously, they had their own intentions, but I had been around them for at least a year and a half, almost two years. So I'm thinking like, oh, we're good. We're going to go out, drink, go to the party, come back home, simple. So that night, we went out um, and it was this girl's going away party. She was moving to Lincoln or something. So she had everybody there. It was deep and me and my friend, she was like, okay, let's drink. So we were drinking and just getting drunk. At that time, I really didn't know how to handle liquor. Um, so I just drank till I was really drunk. Um, and that night I was just wasted. And unfortunately, I wasn't the one making my drinks. I was giving, being given drinks by my so-called homeboys and friends at the time. At least I thought were. Um, so they're pouring our drinks, they're pouring our drinks, they're pouring our drinks in the kitchen and handing it to us. So we're not really seeing, you know, what's being mixed, what's being handed, whatever. It's like, okay, it's alcohol. We're drinking, we're dancing. I was completely out of it. Um, and the last thing I remembered was heading to a car and saying that we were going to somebody's house. And after that, I blacked out. And... The next thing I remember was waking up the next morning and I was, was a little descriptive, but this is reality. I woke up and I, was, I woke up at this other guy's house next to a guy I've never, ever seen in my life with his penis inside of me, mind you. And I was like, what the fuck? What the hell happened? Why am I, why am I even here? I'm just laying on the floor with this guy next to me. So I got up. And I went into one of the rooms because um, this guy was like a family friend of mine and he lived there. So I went and just like slept next to him. Because in my mind, I'm like, I don't remember anything that happened. I thought like, you know, maybe I got drunk and then ended up having sex with someone. But that's not my character to do that if I'm like drunk or blackout. You know, if I want to do something, I'm going to do it as an adult. But like, that was just very odd, you know. So I'm like, something doesn't feel right. I just woke up and I was just in pain, like. My body hurt. I was very sore, just like very uncomfortable. So I slept next to the um, family friend of mine. And I was asking like, where's my home girl? Where is she at? And he's like, oh, I think he, he she's at this person's house. So the, he ended up dropping me off to 
the girl at her cousin's house, her guy cousin's house. And there I met two other girls that I already knew. One was the girl whose party it was. Two, the second girl, she was just somebody that was around that I kind of knew in Omaha. And she was just asking me like 10,000 questions. And she's just like, how was your night last night? I'm like, oh, it was fun. Because me, I don't remember anything. Do you remember anything that happened? I'm like, no. And this girl's like smirking and laughing. Um, and I'm like, no, I really don't. I'm like, I remember just waking up today. And she was just like, hmm, okay. She didn't tell me anything. Then the girl whose party it was, was like, you don't remember anything. And I said, no. So... She pulled me aside, pulled me into a room and explained to me that um, I was taken advantage of. There was videos of me naked. There was videos of somebody shoving a broom inside me, which I don't ever remember. Um, There was just basically videos of the sexual assault. Um, She didn't give names. So... I was just kind of in shock because I'm like, I don't remember. Literally, I remember just waking up the next day. So it didn't feel real. So I went to go talk to my my homegirl and she was just like, yeah, I fell asleep here. Um, I didn't know where you were. So she was fine because it was her cousin's house. Um, and so those so-called guy friends, which are her cousins, um, were just talking to me normal, like, what's up? How you been? And they're like, giving me bullshit saying like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know what happened to you. If we find those guys, we're going to beat them up. Fast forward. It was those guys who had sexually assaulted me. Um, and nobody wanted to tell me names. Um, so I was just really confused and like, I didn't know, like, do you call the police? Cause I don't remember it, you know? Um, so at that, that day I went back home to my aunt's house just sat there just really confused like damn did that really happen because I have no recollections of it but the fact that people told me you know the girl said she saw pictures and saw videos and and all this stuff like obviously made sense to why I was so sore and then waking up somebody I didn't know so I went home took a shower and just kind of was confused I remember calling one of my friends from South Dakota and just telling her like this is what somebody told me happened. I don't remember any of it. Um, and then I was talking to my so-called guy friends and I'm like, what the heck? Like, I was at your house. Why, you know, when did this happen? And where were you guys at? And that guy friend was like, oh, I wasn't home. This, this, and that. Later they come to find out another girl who I knew saw the video and he was there too. So it was a bunch of so-called friends and then some I didn't so, uh, some that I didn't know that had ended up sexually assaulting me they all just kind of took turns and that was that I don't really understand the reason why because you know that those were people I like hung out with on the regular um and then they all it was like a web of lies like people I would try to find out what happened and people would just be like no I don't know or um I had a guy friend who was like I know who did it but I'm not going to tell you because you should have been smarter um, and you should have known better than to be that drunk around those people. Um, so after that, I didn't go anywhere because I just didn't know, like, you know, it felt like I didn't know who did it to me. So I can't just go out and like be nice and be kind to everyone. So I just kind of sat to myself. I was home a lot. I had, um, I was talking to a guy who ended up being a, my boyfriend at the time. That was like the only outing I ever did. 
But then again, he still was friends and associated with some of the guys who did that. It was just, it was really messed up. And word came around town real quick and ended up on Sudanese Twitter back then, 2012. And I don't know if you guys recalled it, but it was a lot of um, shaming and guilt and just like making it seem like, you know, someone's a hoe and it was a train and this and that as if things were um, wanted, as if that was something I asked for or, you know, was, was, participating in willingly um so lots of name calling lots of like real life cyberbullying, and it sucked um because first of all i got violated didn't trust a soul after that second then i'm being um uh, i'm being victim shamed and saying like oh i you know how do we know you didn't want it um it just you know talks of whatever people may have felt and gathered in that moment but yeah, I was done for. I was so broken. I I could barely look people in the eyes because I just felt sick to my stomach. I didn't trust men. Like I wouldn't be in a room, not even with a guy friend alone because I'm like, I just don't know what someone's going to do to me. You don't know people's intentions. Um, I definitely like my self-esteem was so low because it just, I just felt like I'm done for, like, I'm useless, like, this happening to me is just going to, like, I basically let that defy my life for a little while. And um, it took a lot. Like, I cut off almost nearly everybody. Then I had my parents and a few friends that really helped me get through it. Just a lot of, like, prayer and writing in my journal and, like, accepting and just knowing that that doesn't define me forever. Um, So that healing process took a while. And even after that, I still felt like um, I felt like I had no power because I never got to tell my story. Everybody got to tell their stories about what they did to me, but I was never able to have the outlet to speak forward. Um, and so I, I finally made up. I finally just went on my YouTube channel and just told my story. And honestly, from that day forward, I felt so free. Like I had no secrets had nothing to hide I felt like I could finally let go and just become myself because before then it was it was very difficult even in uh, that whole situation affected a lot of my life personal life when I was when I did have a boyfriend intimacy was really hard because I would just get uncomfortable and tense and like you know it just kind of takes you back to somebody violating you over and over again and I couldn't even I would have to say like, okay, I don't do this. I can't do this. Um, it was, it was terrible. And I would not wish that upon anybody. And unfortunately he would just take it as like, oh, whatever. Cause it, it would never happen to me. You know, I hear that phrase a lot. It would never happen to me because X, Y, and Z. And unfortunately that's not the case for a lot of people. Um, yeah. So that's, that's a bit about it. Yeah. 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 That, that's that's a lot to take in. Like I said earlier, I heard a little bit about it, but I never like got the full detail, like the way you laid it down. But that's that's a lot, man, for somebody to go through, man. It's, and I, I just want to personally thank you for, for sharing that, man. Because I don't know, I think that would be hard for somebody to just share, you know, to the, to the people and to let it out like that. <coughs> that 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 takes a lot. Yeah, it's taken a while to get here, but I'm thankful that I've been able to get to a place where, you know, I'm able to do so. 
possibly went through that situation or is dealing with uh, something similar? So what kind of advice? Yeah. Um, kind of advice. Gosh. Very, first things first, report to the police. I felt like that was one thing I wish I would have done so many times because I just felt like though those same group of people um apparently we were doing that have been doing that for years to girls and um i wish i would have reported but again who do you report when you don't know who what you know um first and foremost report talk to somebody because um the guilt eats you up and you just feel disgusted so i would definitely say find a safe place whether it be a friend or a parent, I know in the Sudanese community, it's really not ideal to tell a parent because parents usually make it seem like it's your fault or, you know, are worried about the family name. But honestly, I would say find a safe place where you can just have that dialogue every time you feel a certain way, you know, call that friend and say, I feel really low today. And I don't, you know, just being able to have that. So I would definitely say that. Um Definitely be aware more of your surroundings, the friends, the company you keep. That taught me a huge lesson on friendship. I don't just trust anybody or anything in my home if there's no, like, trust or knowing that, like, okay, this person is safe. Um, it's kind of hard to give advice because I think people deal with it differently. Yeah. Um, some people, when they're after sexual assault, they end up being very promiscuous. So they either go one or two ways, either become very promiscuous and just allow things to happen because they feel like they have no value, or they go the opposite way where they're completely like closed off and um, and don't trust anybody. So they have to pay attention to like which way they sway. Because I I've talked to a lot of women and young girls who have been sexually assaulted and they will say like, this is why I'm like this today, you know? Um, and just having to like, I guess, find a new normal that is you is, it's very difficult. So, yeah. yeah. Well, um, how was your healing process? Cause you said you healed and um, that's how, how was the process through that? Um, it was, it's, it's very hard because like, there's no like, manual for how to heal through something so traumatic and such um just so crazy but for me I'm a person who always looks for solutions I get anything happens I like find the solution and then I work towards it but I moved back home so that was huge thankfully I was I moved back home and my parents I cut off a lot of people anybody in Omaha that I was honestly friends with at the time of that situation completely cut off um and I kept three friends and that's it. All I did was make sure I'm, you know, talking about my feelings and how I'm feeling. I had kept a journal, always did. And that really helped me a lot. Um, I went back to church. I know that sounds like the most cliche thing and people would say, like, oh, of course, you know, you go back to church. But honestly, that was the most freeing part of it because when something like that happens, you're just full of, you feel like you're judged everywhere. You know, people who don't know you know your story or what they think happened, people who do know you know it, and you're just a talk, and you just feel like you have all this pressure and all this um, all this going on. So being able to just go back to church and focus on something and 
a place that had nothing to do with anyone else but me it was very healing so I was able to just focus on myself not what other people thought not what other people felt and at that time I honestly became like learned to grow really tough skin to where I just didn't care anymore it's like if you you know if you know who I am then that's great and you know the per- the kind of person I am if you believe and feel any other kind of way I, that's that's your prerogative and that's nothing I can that can there's nothing that I can do about that. So it's difficult. I mean, I've definitely had to have that conversation multiple times where like, if I don't feel safe, I, um, after being sexually assaulted, I definitely developed anxiety and depression, really bad anxiety to where, um, it was hard for me to be out in public. I didn't like it. I would be out for a little bit. Then I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go home. Or I would say no to a lot of events because you just don't know. It just feels like anybody, you could be next, you know, anybody can be doing this to you. So there's no trust there. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for uh, sharing that with us. I think that is very brave and it's definitely going to be of help to a lot of people. And um, can I just ask you, do you see yourself a, as an advocate for victims of that? Or is it uh, just like um, my story is available and it's, and, and it's out there. If you need me, uh, I'm here for you. Um, I definitely see myself as an advocate. What I did when I first, you know, told my story on YouTube, uh, my DMs flooded on Facebook. A lot of girls that I knew that I never expected to come out, you know, would say the same thing happened to me by these people. The same thing happened to me by these people. And honestly, I spent like a good, I would say a month on the phone with different women who just like needed a place to you know, tell their husbands this happened to them years ago and they have never told their husbands um, or told anybody, you know, that these things happened to them. So I spent a good month just talking on the phone with other women who um, who were going through it, didn't know, you know, how to, I guess, get to a new normal. So I definitely would say I'm an advocate. I'm no longer a victim. Um, yes, that did change my life forever, but that's not something that... Um, I use as a crutch, um, but not something I use to play victim at all. Um, so I would say, yeah, definitely. If anybody does feel the need, you know, to just talk or ask questions, I'm definitely available to do so. Wow, man, what a powerful story. I think for me, it's my, you know, back in 2012, I was not on Twitter or anything like that. Uh, even up to date, I'm very, very hard ever on social medias and stuff. So to an extent, you know, it's kind of me getting a whiff of it. Well, like the full story now, uh, and obviously in our own uh, podcast group chat, um, my fellow co-host, Bomead, uh, whom you were in contact with, uh, he was able to to share what it was that you wanted to talk about. Uh, and personally, I don't have any particular question, uh, but I would like to encourage you on keeping down the same path, even though, you know, Figuratively speaking, uh, some people who are so quick to dismiss, they may say, oh, that was a while ago. She should do fine by now. Uh, I think what got you along this line where you're at now is the fact that you were able to share and accept that this was something that happened and it doesn't have to define me. So I would just encourage you to keep on going down that same path and you know, power to you, man. Absolutely. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have another question. Uh, I guess it's a two-part question. Uh, Mm-hmm. So, what was like your breaking point when you felt like, okay, I had to tell the story as much as I've been crazy? Like, what 
what was the final thing that made you decide okay it's time i just have to do it even if i don't want to do it like like what gave you that courage to just say let me just get it over with so a few things that kept popping up like obviously first thing was twitter twitter was like never let me forget my name was always being dragged and stupidity and i never um I would never respond or anything because I just knew, like, why would I ignite the fire? But my name would always be brought up and I would just be called a whore and I would be called a slut. I would call this, that. And it was just, at that point, I kind of grew a tougher skin. It didn't bother me, but it was just very annoying because I never spoke up. So if I don't speak up, people either say like, yeah, she knew, what, you know, what happened to her or whatever the silence just was there but then at the time when I did I was in a relationship with somebody who was friends and associates of the people who did it to me but he himself was completely like removed um whenever you know we would hang out together we would be at maybe a friend's house and then like some of the guys would come or when he would be hanging out with his friends and they would ask questions about me and say like how do you know it's not something she wanted? And um, just like really disgusting things were said to him. And he would come and tell me. And of course he would shut it down with them, but I would just still hear these things because it's like, wow, you know, they really felt comfortable doing that. And then that at that to speak to my significant other about it, you know? So it just felt like it was a continuous thing. And I just kept carrying on this guilt and I just felt like I just was not free. I felt like, I would not be free. I wouldn't be able to be happy. I wouldn't be able to just relax, let go of this like really bad anxiety if I don't say something. Like I felt like I was going to explode because it just, it was just something I felt like I kept as a secret for so long and no one understood my new actions as to why, you know, I would dress a certain way. I would not go out or I would just feel very um, different around people and I just had to, I think it was just one of those things where it's like, the moment I speak, I free myself. And after that, however people wanted to feel about me um, and whatever was their fault. And the crazy part about it is um, when I when the video was posted, uh, I think it was like 80% of the people who watched it were from Nebraska. And I was like, wow, that is insane. Mm. And I thought, because at that point I wasn't living there. I was going to college in, in Kansas. I was going to KU and I hadn't been to Nebraska or anything for like a good few years. So yeah, that was kind of the breaking point. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if you have uh, your, both of your parents, but like, did your parents find out? Yeah, my parents actually found out through the video. And because it, it it's a very hard topic, you know, to discuss with parents. And yeah, so they found out through my video. And my dad was at first really upset because he felt like um, I was ruining the family name and no man would want to be with me or marry me if he knows that those things have happened. You know, and he said those things bluntly and he asked me to take the video down. And I said, no, like, I refuse to take that down. Like, this is, like, what freed me. Why would I ever take that down? And the amount of people who I was able to help or have conversations with, um, I would never, you know, change that for anything. So my dad told me to take it down. And my mom, you know, siding with him, saying, like, you know, um, nobody is going to want a woman who has been through this. So they're kind of looking at it very different, you know, like, oh, you know, guys want, are worried about how many 
partners persons had but it's like that was something unwilling you know it wasn't something that was willingly done and i'm just sharing with everybody um so yeah that's they found out in the video my dad asked me to, in two different instances to take it down and i said no um that was the first, one of the few first times i've actually stood up to my dad i'm like no i think i'm fine <laughs> you'll you guys will have to kind of deal with that. And, you know, I guess for me, like they had to process it themselves and, um, and kind of go through that, their own process of understanding. Um, so that was that. Man, that's tough. I feel like for most, uh, girls, as far as the parents, that's the hard part. Like they don't want the parents to know at all. Right. Even like, even like when a guy get a, a girl pregnant, the hardest thing to do is telling your parents that you got a girl pregnant. And I can't even imagine telling something like that. It's, it's just not even close at all. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I can't, I can't imagine the parents yeah. part of you. Yeah, it's tough because, you know, they they come from a different generation where those things, like, like now, aren't spoken about. And even if they know it's happening, it's like it's a shame if you speak on it because then somebody will deem you a liar or you will look like you're the one who like you're it's your fault you know so they're used yeah. to like don't ruin the family name gotta keep it clean brush it under the rug type of thing so it definitely is different when someone's saying like no this happened and that's just that do you feel like um our parents are holding a lot of victims back from talking this in general I think our community, our whole community is holding victims back from talking. So many people are afraid to speak because um, what what I've gathered and I guess I know in my own life, but like a lot of the community is holding people back from talking because of the shaming, you know, the victim blaming. Like if someone speaks out and tells their story, they get hit with, are you sure that's what happened? Are you sure he would do that? He doesn't seem like the type to do that. He didn't do that to me he seems like a stand-up guy. Why would he do that to anybody? So there's a lot of um, doubting. So once you doubt somebody who's trying to tell you their story and be honest, it's it's very hard to want to tell the truth because you know what's going to come after that. No one's going to believe you. And then after that, not only did you get silenced because no one believes you, but also you start doubting yourself. Like, man, maybe I was tripping. Maybe it wasn't that serious. Um, so then you go into a rabbit hole of, am I wrong? Did something bad actually happen to me? Or maybe it's like, that's just how it happened. Brush it off and try to move on. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, just, can I ask just you? Back what you oh, go, go ahead. Then. Oh, no, go ahead. You, you seem like you. Um, I was uh, going to say, um, <laughs> now nah, I was just going to say, um, <laughs> when someone, when someone does approach you with a story of uh, them being victimized, what are, what should, uh, like what steps should the person take to, actually listen and then what should they do after that? Mm, good question. Um, so I got like a lot of different stories. So everyone's a little bit different because sometimes it was like sexual assault from a, a family member, an uncle, um, a significant other, friend, you know. So it's, it's very delicate how you go about it because um, everyone feels some kind of way about their abuser. But I would say the first thing if anyone comes to you with a story like that is just to listen, like let them speak and ask very few questions. 
um, and allowed them to just kind of say it and how they feel, what happened. Because as they're telling you that story, they're also so they're also trying to process it themselves, you know. So definitely listen, and once they're done, then start asking questions. You know, have you called the police? Do you is this something you want to report? And I would encourage um, prompting them to report it because then you know at least some kind of justice or some kind of investigation will be taken so that maybe, you know, you can stop that person from doing it to other people again. So I would say definitely first just listen, prompt them to um, report it and then make sure that their mental health is okay because um, that is huge. A lot of people, a lot of women commit suicide from that. I actually knew a girl who's in the Sudanese community who is the sweetest. She was so sweet and so bubbly and she ended up committing suicide because she was sexually assaulted and she and it bothered her so much and she didn't know who to talk to. She ended up committing suicide. And it's crazy because I was speaking to one of her friends and her friend told me, she's like, this isn't my story. This is my friend's story. And this is why she's not here with us today. And it's crazy because I knew the girl. So um, really make sure their mental health is okay because it takes you through a whirlwind. And some people don't actually end up healing from it and they just stay in this state of brokenness um and it's hard because you see somebody's whole personality change they may become alcoholics they may be addicted to drugs um they may just throw themselves around and you're just not sure you know like what happened to this person who used to be so different so check on their mental health and ask them to get some to go to therapy if they're up for it I think that's very important to let somebody who is licensed to, you know, kind of guide them through it because it's a lot. Yeah. And you mentioned that you went to church more after and a big thing uh, with church is forgiveness. So where are you at in terms of forgiveness today? Um, I've definitely forgiven for you've had, I, you have to forgive to move on. And I've definitely forgiven those people, but my forgiveness doesn't mean that, um, I condone what they did. It's just saying, you know what? Like I no longer hold you in my heart or in my my mind to continue dictating how I live my life or, you know, who I'm going to become, what paths I take. Like I'm freeing myself from that bond, bondage and just allowing them to just be who they are. And once again, I don't condone what they did. And that's not me saying like, oh, I forgive you. We're going to be friends again. It's just saying I'm letting it go because, I'm moving on and I'm going to continue the life that God's given me and I will no longer allow you to, to control it. So um, forgiveness is hard and it took years. It wasn't just like, oh, a month or a few or a year later, I'm just like, oh, I forgive you this night. No, I think a lot forgiveness had to do with prayer and praying, praying for them every time I felt angry or just disgusted and I wanted to do bad, you know? I did do one bad thing, though, because when I lived in Omaha and I found out the so-called guy friend who was involved in Latin said he didn't, I slashed his car tires, me and two other girls, because I was just disgusted. You know, like, it's one thing to do something, but it's another thing to lie to a person, to their face, and say that you did not do it when someone is really, truly just searching for for some some answers. So I did do that, and I don't regret it. I would slash those tires again because that was... 
that was a lot for me, you know, and I'm not the type to go and vandalize anyone's property. But at that time, I felt like I just needed to do it. So, yeah. But forgive me. I'm, that's kind of where I'm at now. What, um, what's one thing you would tell us Sudanese men going forward? Honestly, see something, say something. Like, really, um, I think alcohol, because, you know, Sudanese people, we love to have fun. We love to drink. We love to just enjoy each other. We could do that for hours and days, and it's <laughs> yeah. lit, you know? It's always like a reunion. Even with people you don't even know, you just link up, and it's like the best time of your life. But I think you got to, I think when it comes to Sudanese men, like, you need to check your circle you know like for real check your homeboys maybe have a conversation like yo you know this is um this is what it is you know just having that hard conversation to make sure like you do have solid guy friends and that you're looking out for for women regardless you know if somebody's maybe too drunk like hey chill out don't don't do, do something that someone may not remember once again that are you know some people have con- consensual I, there's no such thing as consensual drunk sex but there's right. there's sex where you're both drunk, but you're both aware of what's happening, right? right. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one where it's like that person may not really all be there. Um, so just making sure you have that conversation with your homeboys and really looking out for your homegirls. And you know, if someone is asleep in the room, making sure like no one's creeping up on them, or if someone's getting too drunk, kind of keep an eye on them, even though you're having fun, making sure that they're not disappearing. And then the next thing you know, they've been taken advantage of by someone. So so. Check your circle, like speak up if somebody may be doing something that does not look right. Um, and just thinking about every girl, regardless if it's a significant other, a homegirl, a cousin, like that's somebody, that is somebody. And that somebody could be your sister. You know, a lot of people be like, nah, that's not going to happen to my sister because she's too smart, this and that. But like that could happen to her by somebody you know, you know. Um, so I would say it starts with thin the circle check yourself check your friends check your cousins check your uncles check your fathers like not not saying like necessarily check your fathers in that way but like sexual assault doesn't just happen at parties with people our age it happens to little kids younger than like 10 by older people you know by 40 year olds so just being able to do that and then as Sudanese men having siblings I think having that conversation with your sisters which is the awkwardest thing but your sisters will not know something's wrong unless somebody tells them, hey, like, are you okay? You know, do you feel safe? Um, is there anything that makes you feel uncomfortable? Um, check on your siblings because unfortunately, me, my sister and I, like, we were really close, so we don't really talk about things like that. And I think a few months after my video had come out and I came back home for the summer or something, she ended up telling me that she was also sexually by guy friends of hers in, you know, in Sioux Falls. And it happened more than once. And to me, like, that just made me sick to my stomach. So I was like, you have to be kidding. Like, why is this a thing that happens so frequently, you know? Um, so, yeah, I just, you got to look out for each other, honestly. And don't just think, like, man, that's not my sister, man. She's a whole, because there's those things, like, and our community are the quickest thing to say, like, man, she'll be all right. She, she, yeah, it's like she's with, she was with the homies, whatever. Like, no, like, really check and make sure that's something that they're okay with. You know, just don't dismiss somebody because of 
maybe their past or they are always this way. So, yeah. yeah. No, I do agree that, man, the prerogative is on the guys, you know, to, you know, at, at parties and stuff like that. You know, to those who still go to parties, you know, if you see something, man, definitely just you say something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, even if you may feel like you don't really know the girl and you feel as if she's relatively intoxicated, intoxicated, whereby she may not, you know, you don't feel like a decision that she, that's not coherent with what the decisions she typically makes in those situations, you know, just, just say something, be like, you know, pull her aside. And even if you feel like you may need to ask her permission, like, hey, is it okay if I say something to this guy about this or, you know, and I feel yeah. like you're at this yeah. level now, you know, are you sure this is something that you want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Just, just stop, There's like, something. hey, you good? Yeah, even if they're like, yeah, and you know they're not, just keep an eye, you know, keep an eye out, making sure, like, most of most girls, like, we have a buddy system and we, we, we talk throughout the night, share locations with each other, like, phone always make sure it's charged you share a location and if a homegirl is going to leave with someone so i also have to have their contact and information so i know you know wherever she's at she's going to be fine and she's not so intoxicated where she's not going to remember but also making sure the person that she's with like is not afraid to like you know give me your name give me full name number address and everything because you can't just you can't just trust anybody these days but for sure like what you said yeah man i think both you guys pretty much hit on the head man when i was listening to you guys i was trying to think like how like um basically what's going on right now how the cops and the bad people you know how people mm-hmm. always used to say you know police got the police other police you know mm-hmm. that, that's kind of what i was thinking like you know the homies gotta watch the homies you know what i mean Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times the homies the homies always be like, nah, that's a homie. I can't fix on the homie. I can you know let the homie mm-hmm. the homie. You know, so I was just thinking like we think that's bad when cops do, we gotta start thinking. When the homies when we do that, like not stop each other, that's also bad too. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, so keep each other accountable. I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say just that's for any girls out there that's watching. Like I know, like I've been to a lot of places where you know there's always there's drinks around. Like guys will buy drinks because at the end of the day they know what to go with. So, so just be careful how you drink and knowing that you still be aware to like know what's going on around you because people they'll buy your drinks. You know mm-hmm. they're trying to you know do something that you might not be anticipating. You think you're just having fun, but in the in their mind they might not be you know on your time. Mm-hmm. Definitely drink responsibly. Um, and be always be aware of your surroundings. And that's unfortunate that we have to even say these things because, yeah. you know, you should be able to have right. fun and whatnot around people that you mutually care for. But fortunately, that's not the case all the time. Yeah. That's true. What, what, um, so what, for, the, for the guys, man, I think going forward, I feel like it's, I feel like within the Sudanese community, every every woman, they're all they're all getting stronger with each other. They're all getting connected within each other, and I think us guys, we need to be <laughs> more aware, more careful because if you continue doing these things, women they, they'll blast you nowadays. Social media, yeah. um, everything, and your image will be tarnished. So I think yeah. whatever whatever step you make as a man, you better you better think carefully because you you're gonna it's gonna be bad. Yeah. What do you guys? I guess let me ask. Go ahead. 
No, no, I'll ask afterwards. Go ahead. All right. I was going to say, as Sudanese men, um, but how you're seeing, Trudy, the, um, the accountability, because the, the no, I can't snitch on the homie. It's like, when you do that, when, not say you specifically, but when men do that, it's like you're protecting a predator, you know? And as long as they know they're being protected because they're the homie, they're going to continuously do that to the next victim and the next victim. And there's no one that's going to have the victims back. And I think it's super important. Like, yo, if they really are messed up or have like this sick thing and they feel like they have to take advantage of a woman in order to get them, then they need some real help, you know? Um, but as men, because I, I know like at now we're definitely a lot more mature, a lot older. Um, and back then, you know, you have your homies back. Um, do you feel like you, I'm going to ask this as a whole and you guys can all answer this, but has your perspective on, you know, getting drunk or even being with somebody who maybe too a little drunk or too drunk, like has that changed on how you you see it instead of like, do you believe it's just like, oh, we're still having fun or like, nah, you know, like has, have your views changed on um, sexual assaults when it comes to that? Yeah, I can start off with an answer. Um, yeah, my, my views definitely have changed on that. Um, it's just like what y'all was just talking about. It's, it's sometimes it's just little things where you're noticing like something, something, something's a little off. Just feel free, just feel brave enough to actually step in and try to say something. And just because I know I, I have a lot of women friends who, who, when they're uncomfortable with a the guy, they it, it kind of shows. You kind of feel in their body language, and just just don't mm-hmm. be scared to uh, go over and just and just say something. And then there's always something I always wanted to women going to the bathroom in groups or women pretty much doing everything with other girls. And then I just got to a point where I would ask my women friends, like, what is that about? And a lot of times it is just for safety, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's women understand how important safety, uh, protecting each other is. We just got to understand how important as men protecting our women are. So, yeah, my views definitely have changed on it. Wow, that's, that's good. Yeah, man, me personally, like, I'm not trying to sound like a thing, but it's always been my thing to like, cause me, I don't, I don't drink, I, I don't drink. So when I, if a girl is drunk, like I just, I don't want to do, I don't want to do anything with her. Oh, like to me, it's kind of a turn off. Cause I, I have a problem with people that drink. I know people who just haven't been and stuff like that. But when a girl is drunk, it's just kind of a turn off. I don't want to do anything with her. Cause, you know, that, you know, just, you know, back in the day, you know, there'd been time where, you know, a girl would, you know, try it. She said, no, I'm fine. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to remember this tomorrow and I was like, nah, I'm not feeling it. You know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, that's, it's just always been my thing. It's just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I really don't like that. It, it doesn't feel like it's you to me. Like, I want to know that you're you and everything that you're doing is just, if you're not, if you're not normally like that when you're not drunk and then you start acting different when you're drunk, then I, I'm not really comfortable with that. Right, right. That's that's a good rule of thumb because then you you always know that you know that you that person is like aware and they're not just uh, kind of wishy washy, so you don't get in a predicament where somebody blames you tomorrow for something that you yeah. thought you know was consensual for both right. of you. Uh, no, I, I I think for me, man, I think. The same kind, uh, the same question to ask. I could more so say, you know, what I had shared earlier in terms of my view. You know, uh, I would say that's pretty much about that. But, but even furthermore, it's just like, you know, what I mean, like, 
nowadays I see I see a lot of women trying kind of like we said earlier that you know like they're sharing their locations nowadays you know like girls collectively I think that they were to take the responsibility to make sure that they're protected themselves when they go out and also even more on our part to make sure that if you see a girl you know especially within the same environment because if you guys feel comfortable enough to be within the same environment you know as a group of people partying or like just kicking back alcohol involved so on and so forth uh, and you see something that you feel like it's to an extent out of the norm you know the female is a little bit more intoxicated than the than the dude uh like i said earlier say something man because you know i think we can collectively say that or relatively say that like one way or another we have heard about these situations happening within the Sunni community uh and i think you know we'll take a collective effort from both males and females making sure that like this is something that needs to continue uh from here on out type thing you know so that's what i would that's what i would encourage yeah um for me um my views has definitely changed um i became more aware you know and um cuz i really i i really Like, Sudanese men and not even Sudanese men in general, just men in general, you know, they hold, they feel like they have that power and that control. And um, and when the and and when the women come out with their stories, you know, it just it just it just it just strikes me in a in a hard way because it's like, yo, this this can happen to anybody, even my family members, you know. So even though even though it don't happen to my family members, you know, I still I would still have to. Talk, uh, voice out my opinion. Mm. You know, and um, I would, I would definitely encourage, I would definitely encourage um men to definitely speak up. You know, especially at parties, like yo, beforehand, before we leave, before you, even if we leave in the club, even if we leave in the house, like yo, this is the game plan. Don't do this, don't do that. You know, you know the outcome, you know the consequences. You know, think ahead. Right. You know, I would definitely encourage more men to. Think positive, you know. Let's go to the club to have fun. Right. Let's go to the club to enjoy each other. Don't, you know, don't, don't, don't you like? I always tell, I always tell people like, don't worry, don't worry about women at all. You know, like I, I, I became more mature enough where I would rather have fun within myself and then let the rest happen afterwards. Right. You know, smoothly and things like that. But I would, I would definitely encourage more men to, you know, just just think ahead and always, you know, just to, just to. Uh, Just to, just to be on the lookout for for each other as well, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and to our Sudanese women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pete. I mean, for me, my views have always been strong about it and, and against it. You know what I mean? Because I've always like um, I've had many like women friends that were strong enough to actually come out and tell me like this is what they went through. You know what I mean? Because they knew that I wasn't going to judge them or look look at them any any different. For something mm-hmm. that they didn't have control over, you know. Right. So I mean, I've always been against it, and you know, I distance myself from people that you know do those things. Because mm-hmm. for me, it just I can't look at you the same anymore if that's what you're doing. Right. Expect for me to be around you. It's not like that's not okay to me. Because at right. the end of the day, no is no. You know what I mean? You should mm-hmm. be able to accept that and walk away from the situation. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, man, I'm I'm blessed to say that like most of my close homies, like the one on now and the kind of the homies that I'm calling close, from what I know, they all been stand up men. You know, I've never seen any of them do anything stupid that I that I've seen with my eyes and let it slide. And as far as you know, abusing women and stuff like that. So 
I guess on that part, you know, I want to say I I, I want to just say that I'd be alone with that. I'm glad, man. I'm just saying it like that. But, you know, the, uh, the, the men, like she said, she was saying earlier, like, I know that I have five girls that, that, that I can name, but I would never name the name, but that told me exactly what they went through. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I call myself a therapist. Some people know that, some people don't, but I call myself a therapist. <laughs> like, people could tell me anything that they want, and I would never tell anything. But, like, like the fact that I just said, like, even my girl, I've never even shared a story with her, so it's not her business. You know, anytime mm-hmm. somebody, you know, tell me their story, uh, I want to make sure it's stick with me because yeah. if somebody going to say something they don't they trust you, well, you got to be able to keep them. Exactly. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I call myself a therapist, you know. Uh, I, I like to give advice, too. That, that's one of the reasons why I call myself a therapist. No, you're you're a great therapist too. I know multiple times I've called you on occasions where I'm like, I don't know, like you know, we don't talk to each other daily, just randomly yeah. out of the blue here and there. But you're definitely a great listener and very wise. You should. That's why the podcast is a good thing. So I feel like you need to be able to share what you know with you know the world and other people and be able to help others in that way. Well, thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just the fact that you're just coming out and telling your story out and open, man, that's just, like, very courageous, you know, and it, it, shows, it shows that not only that you, um, that you have within, but you're voicing your story to the whole world, you know, that's, that's something huge, man, not a lot of people can do that, and I just, I just want to appreciate you for that. Man. Of course, I, I think I've just grown, yeah, I've grown so much, and I think the discussion on Twitter that was like a few weeks ago just really pissed right. me off because it was like, you know, so many people from, and it wasn't just the U.S., it was like Australia, all these different continents that were Sudanese and they all had a story. And the fact that I, I believe that Sudanese people don't have an outlet, there's no website for help. There's no place they feel comfortable um, to talk and just like, you know, kind of unpack those things it makes me really sad and it makes me so angry that people still believe you know like sexual assault is okay and continuously doing it to other people and not really caring about the effects that it has on other people if a woman or anyone that has been sexually assaulted really sat down and explained to you their emotions and how they felt every day throughout trying to figure out like you know what what should they do next you, you would never even think to be, you know, to be around somebody who would sexually assault someone because it's something that really, something you live with forever doesn't go away. It's always there. Um, even like in my relationship now, I've had to tell, I've had to tell him in the beginning, like, yo, this happened and um, I don't, you know, I don't want you to ever feel like it's anything you do. But if I feel uncomfortable, I'm able to say this kind of just brings a flashback and I'm not comfortable with this. I mean, it's a sucky place to be because I have to say that all the time, but um, just having that conversation, you'll always have to have it. If you don't, um, you may not understand. And I would say this for men, even getting into new relationships or having a girlfriend, you have to really check, like um, one of you guys said, body language. There are times where, you know, even as much as we may trust you, our body language can change due to like what's going on. We may get a little tense, you know, just being able to pay attention to those things and maybe just asking like, hey, you okay? I felt, you know, even during this thing we were doing, you were really tense. Are you okay? You'd be surprised how much someone can open up just by 
asking that question um, so you can understand why they feel tense and being able to create a safe environment for them um, physically is an amazing thing. So definitely, um, I know I'm not the first person that's happened to and I won't be the last, unfortunately, but um, if I'm able to help somebody else, then that's all that matters. But I would love to create... Oh, sorry. Um, I was going to say, I would love to create a, a safe place. I just don't know. Like, I'm one person and, you know, I have my own life. But to have a place where women can come and just talk. Because I'm like you, Trudy. Like, people call me all the time to just to just vent or just talk. And maybe people I talk, one, talk to once a year or maybe just once and never talk to again. But they'll just yeah. call me and talk. And I just listen and... Um, given the best advice I can. And I wish there was a place where women could come and not feel judged and be able to just tell their story and how it makes them feel and kind of like find a workout plan. Like how do you work it out to where, you know, you, you start to feel like yourself again. Because it's not a one formula to all. People heal differently. People process differently. Um, but being able to find maybe like the key steps to how do you move forward and how do you gain your power back? Cause it's a power. Like once somebody violates you, they take your power from you. Um, and to be able to get that power back is something that is unexplainable. And I think a lot of women, once they get that power back, they're able to live differently. They're able to live freely. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes I still think about like, what can I do? Hasn't come yet, but if it does, um, and I will definitely do something. Okay. Okay. Now, now, we appreciate your time. Man. You spent a whole hour and a time with us, man. We really appreciate this. For sure, For sure. For sure. No, for sure, yeah. No, we do. And um, thank you, too, for, for taking the time out of your day to come to our podcast and explain your story. Yeah, yeah thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad you guys have a podcast. I love seeing Sudanese guys do things that um, are I guess some of us may think of it as lame but it's good to kind of see our people in different faces of whether it's entertainment or information you know having yeah. a podcast is great and like continue doing it it'll continue to grow don't stop um, just keep pushing I think it's awesome that you guys have this platform built you know it's like for us by us and um <laughs> And it's only gonna, yeah. So it's awesome, and I'm and I'm glad you guys have a great group group of guys for sure. You know, you guys all have something to offer, a lot of things to offer. So we I appreciate, appreciate you guys as well. Yeah. Thank you, man. For sure. Thank you. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, man. Sunday. Yes, of course. Hopefully, if you guys ever need a guest. I'm here. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We got you. <laughs> I want to get into hey, some a... other topics, you know. If y'all want to get into some other things, I am here for it. For sure. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll keep that in mind for sure. All right. Dude, we got other topics as well. So, I mean, we can probably go over like, like 15, 20 minutes or whatever. So, if, if Guya is willing to hang around for like one more topic or two, I, I I'm I wouldn't sure. mind having her around. Sure, let's go for it. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, Trudy, what was your topic that you was talking about? Let me see. Oh, well, yeah, how much do you know about uh, basketball? 
How much do I know about basketball? Yeah. Everything not, not very much. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter how much you know about basketball. But anyway, like, you know how the NBA has been suspended for, right? For the, right. the, the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So uh, they they planning on coming back, um, I think, July 31st, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, this whole situation where the cops killing black men, half of the NBA players kind of don't want to play because of that, and half of the, the players want to play. And I was just going to uh, listen to the guys and see what guys think about that. Like, who is wrong or who is right about this? Or are they both right? I don't think there's a right examples. Wrong. Give examples of, like, who said what, who's against it, and who's for it. I mean, it must have been Kyrie, you know, Kyrie yeah. Irving. Uh, he's yeah. pretty much the white guy yeah, they pretty much been in charge of the saying we don't, think, we don't think. Yeah, yeah, the white too. They pretty much saying uh, right now is not the time to play basketball because it's going to turn into a distraction to where people that yeah. are approaching they're not going to go out there and approach them. they're going to stay inside just like basketball. You know I think I mean? that's 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 really smart because if you think about it, um, the NBA has a lot of black players, and the yeah. fact that they're standing, they want to stand and say, you know, we shouldn't go back. They're a majority of the league. So, if they put their foot down, basketball's not going to happen. There's no way they're going to allow half of the team, you know, go out and play. But also, they're staying in solidarity, kind of saying, like, just because we have money and we play for whichever team, that does not exclude us from being another unarmed Black man that may die, you know? So, to feel uncomfortable playing, I completely understand that. I think... I think we, as black people in general, have to know that we do hold the power. And in order for things to change, you kind of we have to stand united. And yeah. I think that's actually very smart to say, yeah, that is a distraction because you're you're focused on basketball team and you know the protests. And and I would say COVID became COVID nineteen actually turned out to be a blessing because the whole world stopped. Yeah. And if the whole right. world did not stop, the shooting and the killing would not have stopped. But because it did stop and these things did happen we were able to put our sole focus on that a lot of people were unemployed so they had time to protest social media had the time you know a lot of people aren't able to go to their regular jobs because they don't have like the regular nine to five so they're able to protest and um kind of force the government to pay attention to what is happening so i think that's awesome and i hope that the the players that are speaking up about it continue to do so because it's not a trend it shouldn't just end now because it's continuously still happening and and due to the world kind of stopping, we finally begin to see change. Is it the change that we need? Yes, but I feel like there's so much more to be done. So for basketball, for the league to kind of say like, no, we don't feel right. Or some players, I think I think that's awesome. And people should continuously use their platform to, to put that in front of people's faces, you know? Yeah. No, I guess, I guess, I guess. Oh. Hold on, go. I guess I should uh, say uh, the other side argument. Uh, the other argument for the other side is they're saying if we do play basketball, now there's going to be more eyes on the game to where we're going to we're going to have, have a bigger platform to where we can actually like say what we need to say, and more people going to going to uh, going to see what we got to say. Oh, that's that's the argument for the other side. They feel like they're going to have a bigger platform. And more people eyes gonna be on the NBA to where if they got something to say and I think they wanna to say to the people, more people gonna be able to hear it and, and see it and listen. That's the argument for the other side I wanna play. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah to, um, to uh to piggyback what you were saying, Trudy, yeah. I think the NBA, just the NBA alone being so powerful and being one of the top sports that are watched, 
I think it should happen. You know, um, that can be they can they, they can display a lot of a lot a, a lot of stuff without without like the, the players hold so much weight that mm-hmm. whatever they say, um, the media can just try, you know go around them and just and disagree with them. You know, but we just the NBA has like the top players in the world to the point where their voices do matter. You know, and um, and during during those when the NBA come back, a lot of people will watch it. But when people are watching it, they can do they can send out messages or um, just things of that nature to um, to keep people to keep people heads alert and let them know what's going on um, around this world. Yeah, you're right. That's very true. <clears throat> Dude, uh, I think for me, man, I'm 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 all for those who are saying that it'll be okay for the games to resume. Uh, and I think specifically for me is because like, if you look through most of the movements that we have had, uh, such as the Olympics racing, the Black uh, the Black Power Fest, uh, the Tray- Trayvon Martin protests being done on the court, even if it's just simpler through T-shirts mm-hmm. by the likes of LeBron James and those guys. Uh, I, th- I think the Black, the black community here in America uh, it learns a lot more uh, from the game itself, especially when, when there are athletes, pro athletes who are willing to speak on the social injustices that we face uh, day in and day out, you know? Uh, and even to give, give, give an example, uh, I think currently as we speak, LeBron James, Bundy the rapper, uh, Stephen Jackson, and uh, I think uh, Kendrick Perkins, they have teamed don't, don't up. Forget, don't don't teamed forget my more. Point. Oh yeah, I heard she retired or something like that to go fight. She's doing, she doing a lot now, yeah. Right. And uh, LeBron James is, is sponsoring these guys. It's not really, you know, in the forefront, <coughs> but uh, their movement is called more than more than a vote. You understand? So pretty much, I think their angle is to to say that, hey, let's go, let's go vote out those whom we don't feel that they are for the interest of the masses, including the black people. You know. Uh, so the game itself, obviously, we know financially it means a lot to, to the black community. It brings a lot, you know, to to, to those who are in the league. Uh, then enable it, it enable them to better, you know, serve their immediate family and you know even extended family. And to those who are fortunate enough to earn enough money, uh, they start programs within within their communities. You know, the I Promise School. LeBron, I'm a LeBron fan. Just so you know, but. Uh, LeBron, it's been, it's been an idol, man, and it's been it's been there for us, you know, as a black community. Uh, and I don't think, you know, I will assume that if he wasn't athletically gifted and wasn't the NBA, you know, whereby he can earn that much money, I don't think he, you know, I wouldn't assume that he would have another avenue whereby he can earn this much money to be able to to do all of this for for black people and through various avenues, you know, yeah. again. And also, most of these black players in the NBA, mm-hmm. the majority, the majority of them are poor. They don't earn that much money, but they spend assets. They are the top ten earners in the league. So some of them right now, I promise you, they're not doing as well as they would have done if the league continued. You know, so I'm, I'm I'm for the side that that wants the you know the the season to resume. Yeah, um, I, I didn't really pay attention to that uh, to the reasons. Uh, when I saw the story, I thought it was just a the virus thing and a money play to resume the NBA or not to play. So 
Yeah, just hearing just hearing um, that players don't want to play because they feel like there's bigger issues going on in, across the world right now. It's, I think I kind of side with them right now because there are bigger issues right now. And, and you could actually take a – I think it would be a bigger stand to not play and to kind of pretty much take – take uh, force the hand of uh, pretty much – yeah, force the hand of the, the owners and put it in the players' hands, which they should probably have more control of that. So um, due to not me even – Really not uh, knowing what was going on with that. I think I think for now I'll just side with the players not wanting to play and Kyrie and all them. Yeah, I side with Kyrie and them too because I mean it, it's it's as simple as like just he had a reason, you know what I mean, which is a valid reason, you know what I mean, because it's gonna overshadow, you know what I mean, what's going on in the like <clears throat> what's going on in the in the world right now. But also, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm kind of torn over between it because. It's deep. Like, I don't know if y'all seen uh, Dave Chappelle's new stand-up that he just dropped the other day. Yeah. Uh, called 846. 846, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, like, one thing he spoke about, which reminded me, like, because I, I kind of, like, forgot about it, when uh, that 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 lady, I think she was on Fox News when she was telling uh, LeBron and uh, Kate, uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, Lori Ingram. Lori? Yeah. It shut up and dribble. Yeah, it shut up and dribble. I was like, like, that's, that's one thing that uh, I salute LeBron for because... He had a, he came out with that movement more than an athlete, and at the end of the day, that's true because they are more than an athlete. They stand up for a lot of topics that you know what I mean that are going on in the world that some people don't have a voice for, and they 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 use their platform in the right way. Like so, yeah. I'm I'm honestly I'm for whatever they want to do because at the end of the day, I feel like if they do resume playing, it is going to help bring more uh, awareness to what's going on. Because I know they're not going to be, you mean, they're not going to be quiet about what's going on. Right. I also think they should force the league to, um, to maybe put money towards some of these foundations that are going to help the black community that are, because, you know, a lot of the majority of their support, besides like really rich white folks, you know, like they can't do anything without the black community. And I feel like if they're going to resume playing, they should definitely um, get together and stay in solidarity that the, the league fork up some money to put towards a cost. So they feel that they are like the league has their back, you know, as black men first, and then somebody who does employ them. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we also need to keep in mind as a black community is the fact that in the in the West, you know, uh, we we don't really have a, a lot of platforms whereby we can share our plight. Now, you know, we have been blessed by technology, technological age and stuff like that, whereby we can put this and that on social media. Uh, but what I say and what you say, man, I catch fire like that, you know? But if we were to see LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, you know, putting hoodies on for Trayvon Martin and stuff like that, if they were just regular black folks like us and they didn't have that platform professionally, I probably wouldn't have caught as much fire, but it wouldn't have reached as many people because these people are being pushed all over the world. I think it would be it would be ignorant of us to to try and deprive ourselves of that of that platform. But most importantly, we should also be intentional as to how we want to use that platform. And currently, as we speak, you know, T earlier said that LeBron James he came came up with the more than an athlete movement. As we speak, and as I kind of shared earlier, yeah, transition to more than a vote, you understand? Which is going to affect, you know, who holds offices locally and also nationally here in the United States. So I don't think the platform that the league has to offer to us is something that we should deprive ourselves of. 
let alone the financial gains that those black athletes get, you know, and how they may potentially uh, allocate some of their earnings to movements that are that are uh, helping our cause. Uh, what I would have a problem with would be if the league was to force them to say that, hey, you guys can't do this and you can't do that. And then at that point, if the league is forcing them to, to you know, to dictate how they should act, what they should say, what they should wear, so on and so forth. And then at that point, I would say, sit down by all means and utilize the, the huge following that you have on social medias uh, to explain your reasons as to why uh, you guys have decided to sit out the, you know, the, the season. So, yeah. And hey, to add on what you're saying too, my, uh, my fault. Hold on. To add on what you were saying, my too. Um, I think another good reason why is um, the voices. The voices during those games, you know, during those halftime breaks, you know, they can do segments and you know, hopefully give us knowledge of what's going around. You know, a lot of everybody will be watching during the NBA, but I feel like they should definitely um, make it different than it was before. And another thing too, during the NBA season. Twitter is very huge. Twitter is a very huge platform, especially for us, black, the black community. And it seems like we get a lot of information uh, during Twitter. And when you add Twitter and being on it, everybody's watching. You know, so I think that would this would be a huge leap. You know, well, not a huge leap, but it'll it'll shape in somewhere uh, going down the road, down the road to um, hopefully for something better. But you know, if the NBA don't play, now we're just silent. You know what? How how else are we gonna voice our opinion? And things like that, you know. So, yeah, that's. I think it should still continue. Yeah, man. But these, me personally, I was like most of you. I said I was kind of torn between, man, because like I understand where Bushaw was coming from, but I'm leaning more toward like the players I want to play. Uh, mostly because I feel like uh, America is basically ran by money, man. Like I feel like the black people need to get their money up and start owning things. You know, like right now, I don't think there's a black uh, NBA team. Uh, no, no, Jordan. Like the NBA yeah. or the, or the NFL. He's the only one. Okay, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Okay, that's one year. Yeah. That's Usher, one is, uh, Usher, we need, we need Usher is a part owner of the Cavaliers. Who? Isn't Jay Z like uh, the on the Rockets? Isn't Jay Z part of the Rockets? Is it? Yeah, I, I thought know. it was the Rockets. He, nah, 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 it was the Nets for a little yeah. while, but he doesn't anymore. Yeah, he sold his shares, oh. but he still owns the building. That's, oh, that's okay. what I'm saying. Like black people need to like America is run by money, man. If you have the money, you can influence whoever is running for. Let's say president, mayors, uh, governors. You know what we need. What black people need to do is start just owning things. Like we make all this. Right. Uh, like people make the music that everybody listens to. They don't own none of it. The right. labels that own all that. Most of the labels are owned by white people. The NBA right. owners are mostly white. The NFL, the owners are mostly white. We we do the entertainment. We entertain the right. people, but the money doesn't don't come to us. Right. You know what I mean. But that, that's why I feel like it's important for the NBA players to get money now because like, that money is going to make their kids' life easier to where they can take the next step after to the, yeah, and then their kids will be comfortable with money to where after that they could take the next step, you know? Yeah. Like most of us, we're struggling right now because we don't want our kids to struggle, right? So we're trying to get the money so that their life could be easier and they can actually make real change. I guess I have so, somebody like, that. I, I definitely understand what you're saying, you know, for them to get their money right now so their kids have that chance. But um, how good is the money if... Um, the change that's within the community hasn't happened. You know, you could lose your child, that same child you worked so hard for them to not live a life of a struggle to just die again at the hands of police brutality because of their skin, you know? So I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah, get your money because in order for any 
for us to be able to invest in the black community, you know, you have to have money, you need to have ownership, but you also have to be conscious of, you know, what's changing and what's not. Cause if there's no change, then that same child, you know, what votes all that work for. If again, the policies don't change, there's no reform. There's um, the police are continuing to do as they do and whatnot. Then you just lose a child to the same thing that you've been trying to avoid. And then at the end of the day, the money means nothing, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's a good thing. I just like I, I mean, I, I I put the tweet out tweet the other day. I think it was maybe it was yesterday. I'm starting to feel like the white people they don't even care anymore. No like they just gonna kill people as long as you know, even if they go to jail or they lose their job, I feel like they don't care anymore. No you know how like people, yeah. uh, what y'all call the what do you call the terrorists, the people that bombed the building? Yeah, it's almost like a badge of honor yeah, for them two, to have like two, one two, two side bombers that's what they are right two side bombers yeah. where you don't care you die as long as you take the enemy out i feel like that's what they're trying to feel like i don't care mm-hmm. if i lose my job or go to prison let me just kill that prison i'm cool with it no right. uh, hey, the, most of these cops man they're undercover kdk for real hey uh to yeah. piggyback on that um i don't know if y'all uh, was on facebook today but um people y'all, y'all guys uh, know the 11 with cafe yeah 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 all right yeah so uh I get uh, the owner's son posted on Facebook like a bunch of racist comments and uh, like people that like basically it's like a, a lot of the black community that goes there and you know what I mean like eats at their food. Gotta be I mean, uh, at the restaurant. Right, yeah. uh, they've been out. Uh, they've been out protesting. They were out there protesting today too, and they had it on live. Like it was a, it was a big turnout. Wow. Yeah. You they, said they, 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 they National Cafe. No, 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 no. Elevenworth uh, Cafe. 11th. It's on 24th of Leavenworth. Like, you know, right by that uh, come and go? Yeah. Yeah, it's right next to it. It's owned by who? By white owned people? by some white people. Oh, okay. Yeah, what was nah, the backlash about it? Wasn't it like those, the, the Confederate flag was on a menu or something? Or what? what? No, uh, he was a Confederate soldier, uh, Robert E. Lee. Yeah. Like, one of one of the dishes there is named after him. Like, people won't want that to be removed. But it's about, it's basically <laughs> what they're really protesting about is that the son making the racist comments. Like, he said... Like five percent of uh black people should die. Like like we should be that's target practice, like shit like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, like you really posted that? Yeah. And, and he hasn't really taken it down yet. It's on this. Really that. That's crazy. Wow. So yeah, like yeah, working, that, people, like, people organized that? and uh they they went out there, they've been protesting for, like the past couple of days. Yeah. Do you remember his name? Who? The kid. It's uh Tony. Something, something with a C. I don't know how to say some of these white people's names, man. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice for a change, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, man. How you feel about SpongeBob being gay, bro? What? He's not, man. He's not gay, man. What? He's, he's, What's he's, the question? Yeah, they say SpongeBob gay, bro. Nah, he's, he's not. He's, he's gay. He's not. He's asexual. How you on to Nickelodeon? He did that in here. Oh, SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah. I nah, with, 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 with me, like SpongeBob being my guy, I st- that's still my guy regardless. <laughs> like, even though he's a character, I don't care. He, I still have his gear everywhere, you know. But SpongeBob is just—he just has that personality where he'll he'll love you the best he can without no, you know, without no feelings or things of that nature. But people take that the wrong way. But that's just this character. No, 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 no. Nickelodeon said SpongeBob was gay. No, but the. the um, the, uh, the creator himself, he said, he came out, he said, SpongeBob was asexual back in the day. So whatever he says goes. Nickelodeon can say whatever he wants. Asexual? But the dude passed away. 
<laughs> so I'm going with my man. <laughs> Does the sexual orientation of somebody, whether it be a character or somebody you know, change how you feel towards them? No, not at all. Not at all. Because, I mean, you at know. the end of the day, that's just, that's just, that's just, who they are. If they want to be that, then let it be. You know, if you still, if you still, if you still, if you still act the same way and you don't change up, I'm going to do I guess in terms of the question that, <clears throat> that Guya asked, I, I would more so concur with what Mayot said, but specifically the SpongeBob, SpongeBob <laughs> hasn't turned out to, be, to, to have a sexual orientation, especially with the audience that he has got. It's mostly kids, right? right. And I think, you know, because obviously, we were kids at one point, and you know, some of us have kids. You know, inshallah, we will we we will all have kids one day. Uh, but it's just like I remember at seventeen, I, I you know there were there were certain things that I couldn't do, such as buy this or that, or like go into this building, such as clubs, this and that and that. And I will, you know, the, the excuse why I couldn't do certain things is because I was. Uh, I was not an adult yet. I wasn't of age whereby I can make those decisions, you know. And programming is one other thing. I feel like Nickelodeon or the creator, they should have, they should have, what do you call it? Uh, make it known a while ago because programming, you mm-hmm. get certain things mm-hmm. that you get subconscious. Mm-hmm. Whereby if a parent makes the conscious decision that, you know, it's okay for, for their kids to watch this program, SpongeBob, and then that's their decision, you understand? But to simply just let it go for all these years and then let it out later on, you know, obviously if a child gets to a point, you know, where they become adult and they say that, hey, I would like to change my, my sexual orientation. And then I think as a parent, you should accept them as well, right? Because, you know, when you, you know, when you and your lady conceive or whatnot, or when you and your spouse conceive, you never know, you know, what orientation the child is going to be or what, what gender the child is going to be. And typically, we don't have no, we all have no problem with, what, with whatever gender, you know, the child end, ends up having. And it's just like, but to program a child so much earlier on, when we can't trust them to make decisions such as, hey, I'm going to go look by myself, or like trust them to work, or like certain decisions we don't trust them with as a society. But then we're okay with like exposing them to, TV that they spend probably most of their time after school watching and stuff like that. Uh, I personally feel some kind of way about it. Yeah, nah, but, um, did, y'all know, uh, did y'all know SpongeBob is uh is based off the Seven Deadly Sins too? Off the what? Seven Deadly Sins. Is that a movie? No, I didn't know. Yeah, you know, like uh, lust, greed. You know what I mean? Gluttony. No, I, I know the Seven Deadly Sins, but was were you referring to a movie? No, I'm talking about the the characters. Okay, guess it. Okay. Yeah. No, I feel like with me, I feel like uh, Nickelodeon man, they they violated you know just SpongeBob in general, and they disrespected Steven Hilberg. You know, rest in peace to him. You know, um, why did they come out when he was alive during that time? You know, right. why all of a sudden they want to come out now? Right. You know, and things like that, and like that's that's a lot of things with the TV networks, man. They 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 they, they tend to bring these things out. And and I don't I don't know what their agenda is. I, we never know. <laughs> you never know. But it's just fishy. Just the fact that the creator of this show, you know, is not here to just even voice his opinion. And and even prior to that, 
even when the show came out, you know, he he said what the character was. And just the fact that Nickelodeon came back today, flipping that around, you know, just like that's just mad weird. I do think that, yeah, as kids, like, if I look back at watching Spongebob as a kid, I don't see any sexual orientation at any of them. I just, I just know, like, you know, Pearl's a girl, Sandy's a girl, Spongebob, Patrick are, are boys. But, like, I I do agree that why are we putting a label for a children's show, you know? Mm-hmm. Now he was doing something that, you know, could, like, you could watch and be like okay, maybe he's kissing another guy, you know? Because I know they're not going to do that. So why would you yeah. now put a label on it? And these kids are young. Like, what is what is bisexual, you know? And of course, they can yeah. learn about sexual orientation um, anywhere else, which is fine. But to to just do it and it's a kid's network, uh, yeah, I feel a little uncomfortable about it. Not that I'm uncomfortable with, you know, if that's a sexual orientation, like, let that be a conversation for adults, but not kids. Like, they don't, they don't even need to know, like, what that is. You know, that's that's really... And, and, like, even Arthur. I think Arthur was another one at the end of the... When Arthur was ending the last season, Mr. Ratburn got married to a man. So that was shown on TV. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, right? And, you know, watching Arthur my whole life, it's like, I didn't even know what, like, you know... Letting know gay, lesbian, any of that was going on. But yeah, Mr. Ratburn ended up marrying his friend, they called it, and it ended up being a man. And it was just very interesting. But I truly believe that some of these networks are doing it just because it is the thing right now. You know, a lot of Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter things mm-hmm. are happening and a lot of like yeah. people coming out and owning of the sex, um, sexual orientation. And, and they're just doing it to say like, yeah, we're inclusive and we support you. So, you know, their rates continue to go up. They continue to make money. These kids are watching. Um, and the LGBTQ plus community feels like they are heard and they're not, um, they're not being segregated or separated. But I think it's BS that, I don't think they're doing it genuinely. I think it's done because it's the thing now and they want that social media attention. Yeah, and they want the ads and they want the money. Absolutely, you know. It's a conversation on Twitter. It's bringing them the the exposure that they want. So I think it's for shock value. And a lot of networks do that now. It's more for shock value than truly being genuine about, you know, something such as that. And I think for me, one thing I would like to add to that what what I would like to add and uh, I would just like to say that personally you know what I mean like if you get to to be an adult and you can make your choice you know what I mean by all means do what you wish man you know what I mean I think for the most part all us human beings wants to do is to have a choice you know what I mean I applaud those within that community the LGBTQ plus community for them to advocate for their rights just as much as us as black people advocate for our rights you know but, mm-hmm. you know, a, a parent's job is to protect their children, you know, uh, from all aspects of life to make sure that, hey, man, I, I want you to know that I would like for you to to fully understand what it is here that you're choosing. And over time, you know, through growth and stuff like that, as you age, so on and so forth, you know, typical our parents, they let us go a little by little, little by little, you know, up to a point mm-hmm. where you can make whatever decision you make. If you do decide to work in the LGBTQ plus community, uh, then at that mm-hmm. point, it's just like, then the prerogative is on your parents to accept you to still see you as the same child that they raised. 
You understand? Mm. Yeah. But if, mm. if, if you're going to put things on the TV that, you know, at this day and age, my children are spending a lot of time on it. Uh, or like all of us, we're, we spend time on the screen informational age, like information age. Mm-hmm. Phone, you get the same information. TV, you get the same information. So it's just at least provide me the opportunity to at least have my children, have a conversation with my children whereby I can offer them an opinion within our home where they feel the mm-hmm. safest. Yeah, but I was going to say, like, Guye pretty much said all the things I was going to say. When I brought it up earlier, I was just trying to be fun to me, you know? Because personally, I, I really, yeah, I really I don't... I shut that down quick. I shut that down quick. I really don't care because, like, you know, I, I don't care if SpongeBob is gay because, like, when I did used to watch it, you know, I don't really watch it as much as me out there, but I did watch it a little bit. Like, he didn't really do anything like that. There's nothing on the, on the show that was just his gay. Like, not that I called, you know what I mean? So, like we were saying, this, this was unnecessary. They didn't really need to do that. Like, he could have been gay and everybody would have never, nobody would have cared. He could have been gay or not. Nobody would have cared. They didn't need to say that. Oh, the rumor, the rumor had been out there for a while, man. Uh, I, I never paid attention to it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really care. I never either. You no. Know? And they go, it, like, I was going to bring it back to the Even like, right now, Netflix, right? They always mm-hmm. got to, like, put a, a gay person on a show, right? Like, I understand they want right. everybody represented, and that's fine. But you could, there's certain stories that you could tell without a gay person have to be in it. They, they don't have to be forced characters there just to fill the role. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a bunch of movies where it's all black, and there's a bunch of movies where they just white people. There's no black in the movie. It, it's, it's not a thing where you have to, like, you know, always have to put a gay person in there. Like, you know? Oh, I feel like Netflix and, is just doing that. Yeah, and again, like what you were saying, um, it is like, you know, to have somebody of a certain orientation just to fill the role, it's because the yeah. community is advocating for it but they're just doing it because i all right you know y'all just want one here let me throw let me throw a gay person in there let me throw a black person yeah. in here so we don't right. seem racist or we don't seem homophobic yep. and then you yeah. know they're still making the money that they make so i think that um it's not genuine and i don't think it'll ever be genuine because for them right. it's all about their money and their numbers and the power so if they're able to um they can still put that gay person in there to fill that role and still be so homophobic, but because they're like, you know, yeah. I can be gay behind closed doors, or you know, I can be homophobic behind closed doors, and just fill that quota. It's cool, same with racist people. Uh, let's just, you know, add a black person here and there so we don't look racist. But I still hate black people at the end of the day. Yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, that's just kind of how it is. But I think that it's also annoying—not annoying, but it's unnecessary to force the gay stereotype like to the forefront not saying that they're not being seen but if you're continuously forcing it like oh you know everything has to be about the lgbtq community then you know it's like yo like what's going on you know i'm glad they have the shows like pose this and that and there are a lot of characters now that are just openly gay or bisexual whatever but like to kind of force it down people's throats is another story, you know? And once again, like, mm-hmm. I'm definitely with an ally and stand with, like you said, whomever wants to be, whoever, like, be that and own it proudly. Yeah. Um, sure. But they don't, you know, there's, it shouldn't be forced. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, but... Yeah, Damn, like, I, know, yeah, I know black people, yeah, I know black people struggle with the same kind of stuff, right? Whereby they weren't acceptable in streams before. So in comparison to those two facts, you know, how do we, how is that handled? 
You know what I mean? I think that's why... I think in my opinion, for example, uh, I would like for it to be, you know, open information to the public. I hide it for so, so long whereby I'm missing it and then now I'm feeding it to my kids. You understand? Yeah. 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 I put it out there and if it's something that I wish for my household to consume, and then I would like for it to be a choice. But does it really matter if, if he doesn't do anything gay on the show? Well, I think that what kind of Guye was speaking of you know, if there is a uh, there is a, a gay character on on any kind of, sh- of the shows that are on TV nowadays, more likely than not, there will be some hints and, and stuff like that that are shown physically and also that are heard verbally. You understand? I think that's what she meant by forcing it down down people's throats. You know. So instead of just just you know what I mean, like well, for example, uh, SpongeBob. You know, was Ten for a while, and then I was here. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the mind is a mind is a is a beautiful thing. It picks up a lot of stuff subconsciously. How do I know what my child been picking up, even if they weren't able to share it, or where, whereby it's visible enough for me to see it? You know what I mean? But it's just like the gay community, at least. You know, I mean the 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 media, <clears throat> the media uh, media community, at least at least provide us the choice the chance to choose what it is that, that we would wish to consume. Mm-hmm. Anybody got anything else to add to that or no? Yeah, yeah man. What the thing I do is, uh, <laughs> go ahead, get members. No, no, I got <laughs> nothing to add to that. Nothing. <laughs> nah, nah, I don't got to say much, but damn, man, I need to get on Twitter, dog. First group reads out to much, but... I mean, it's not. It's also there's Frozen. If, if you have kids, Frozen is also one. The second movie they turn. Um, I think one of the princesses was a lesbian. Like she's not, you know, chasing a prince. Yeah. Think, so. yeah so there, it, it's happening. If you, you as a as a parent, I think very pay very close attention to, you know, if you want to have that choice to be able to have those conversations with your children, pay attention to the shows they watch because there's a lot of. Um, change happening you know where i think there's soon to be like a gay prince coming up so definitely watch what your kids are um, yeah, consuming if that's something yeah and be prepared if that's something yeah, that yeah be prepared yeah. you, you want to have conversations about and then if those who really you know don't care don't think that it's really gonna affect your kids and hey that's cool too no i think uh honestly like it's all about educating your children because like me as a me as a parent I know I pay attention to what my daughter watches and what my son watch, you know? So it's mm-hmm. all about, like, just basically educating them. And then, like, if they ask you why, why can't they watch the show, just let them know exactly what's going on. You know, because I know I've, I've, had to, I've had to tell my daughter she can't watch a, a certain show on a Cartoon Network before just because of, the, like, the things that they were doing on the show. And, like, you know, you got you to gotta understand that kids do pick up things. They just sometimes just don't vocalize it. Like, they know mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, wow, crazy. that turned to something else. Funny to like. Okay, well, that's that's what we do. That's what we do, man. But I think we should call it a night now, man. We over two yeah, hours man. getting kind of crazy. Yeah. Listening, around this time. Yeah. 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 But no. But no. Once again, we really appreciate it, man. For sure. Good. Thank, thank thanks you. for you know blessing us with our, with your company, man. It's been good listening to me personally. Yeah. I don't think I've ever met you in person, but to hear your story, man, that's that's exhilarating. You know, I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear that you're in a good space. 
And inshallah, man, one day you'll be able to figure out how it is that you would like to help the greater world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we truly Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Interesting conversations towards the end here. But it's great to you know, hear different aspects and for you guys to be able to agree and disagree and um, just hear your perspectives. And I think that's what makes a great podcast. You know, if you guys are always agreeing on everything, there's no show. You know, we need to hear yeah. some disagreements and different perspectives. So, yeah, thank you guys for having me as well. Like you said, it is Sunday. We got to go finish and enjoy the rest of it yeah. as we can. And I look forward to hearing it when it comes out and it's polished. So, thank you. Indeed. Monday at 6 a.m. What was that? So, it's going to come on Monday at 6 a.m., ain't it? Oh, perfect. Well, I will be sure. By the time you wake up. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's so cool. All right, then. Well, I'll be sharing. And if you guys want to just put my, like, Social media information on there, just oh, so you know, if any women, if anyone wants to talk, um, I have my my Twitter. I think everything's pretty unison. My Twitter and Instagram are all um, my first and last name, so it's at G U Y E F U R U L A. Um, otherwise, you can find me by typing in Guye B. Anyone wants to talk, just you know, need someone to listen to or any advice um, with coping, whatever it may be, I'm here. And yeah, that's that. Thank you for that. All right. Thank you. Hey, go follow the editor, man. All right. You guys have a good night. You as well. You too. Bye. Episode three.